Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The text is the Old Testament reading for the day. Isaiah 35 verses 1 to 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and the streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Palestine, the land promised to the people of Israel, lies on the highway between the great superpowers of the ancient world, Egypt and Assyria, Babylonia. And as these superpowers sent their armies to attack each other, they would go down the valleys of Palestine. This meant that the Hebrews, when the armies were coming through, would have to flee. They would flee to the hills and they would flee to the drier parts of the land. Now these drier parts of the land were affected severely by the weather. Palestine has many wadis, which are seasonal rivers. During the late winter and spring, they flow with water, but during the midsummer, they dry up for six months or so. And when they are flowing with water, the dry land blooms. Animals are well cared for. People can prosper, but when they dry up, man and beast fight for water and the means of survival. The few water holes or oases that remain become the gathering place for animals and lions know that they can find prey around the water holes. 
and the roads that lead to them become very dangerous. The prophet speaks to Israel during the time that they were overrun by the Assyrians and Jerusalem itself was under siege by Sennacherib during Isaiah's time. So many people had to flee to the wilderness and the prophet's message is that God is coming and the advent of God will make the desert bloom. Now this has two applications, the immediate or literal application and the spiritual application. The advent of God made the land bloom. For as the Hebrews understood correctly, their God is the God of the world, the God of creation. He is Lord of the weather. As it is written in Psalm 18, he bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. Thick clouds, dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. You may recall the story of Ahab and Jezebel. They offended God by promulgating Baal worship. Baal claimed to be the God of the sky, the one who controlled the weather. Therefore, God sent the prophet Elijah to announce that the sky would be shut up until Jehovah should declare otherwise. But God had mercy on his people at the intercession of Elijah. And after the contest with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, mentioned in our text, he sent rain and had mercy on his land. The advent of God made the land bloom. But not only did he have mercy on the land, for God is present in the institutions God made himself present to Israel in the institutions of church and state that he established through Moses. For in the covenant God made with his people, God gave civil and ceremonial laws for Israel. He was present among them for blessing through these laws. These are the laws in the Old Testament that we don't follow anymore. We don't live in the state of Israel, so we don't follow those civil laws. The Old Covenant has been fulfilled in the coming of Christ, so we no longer keep those ceremonial laws. But their intent was that God should be present for blessing among his people Israel. And so Israel prospered and expanded under God-fearing priests and kings. Under Moses and Joshua, they came into Canaan and took possession of the land. Under David and Solomon, they established peace in the presence of their enemies and built up institutions like cities and trade routes and a standing army to keep them safe. But Israel declined under those who forsook his covenant. Those who wanted to have it both ways, to be the people of Jehovah and yet worship and honor the gods 
of the people who originally dwelt there. Those who wanted to have God but placed themselves first in their lives. They declined severely so that by Isaiah's day they were prey to raiders from the desert and Assyrian forces who marched through the land. The ten tribes had already been destroyed by Assyria and Judah looked to be on its last leg as well. But during this time of decline, God sent a message of hope through the prophet Isaiah. For Isaiah foresaw a time of restoration, of visitation of the Lord. And he foresaw the coming of the Christ, the Messiah, the one who caused the deaf to hear and the blind to see. When John the Baptist, whether in a moment of doubt or to show his own followers who he was preparing the way for, sent the message, are you the one to come or shall we wait for another? The Lord quoted this very passage from Isaiah to show its fulfillment at that very time. Now Israel rejected their Messiah and this too was foreseen by God because God's plan was not centered in the real estate of Palestine or in the political fortunes of one nation but his intent was to shed blessing upon all peoples throughout the earth. The advent of God makes our lives bloom. For if God's coming to Palestine was accompanied by blessing in that land and society, His coming into our personal lives is an advent of blessing. For He gives spiritual growth and health. The human condition is this. We are like branches severed from the source of life, withering because of our detachment from the root. But when Christ comes into our lives, we are grafted again into Him, the source of life. We are grafted by baptism into Christ so that His righteousness, His Holy Spirit comes to us. We are grafted by Holy Communion to Christ so that the very body and blood which He yielded up on the cross might be for our sustenance, our life. We are grafted into Christ by the Word that is preached because it creates faith in our hearts so that we might receive all the promises of God that we might receive the gift of salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life. The coming of God into our lives is God at work in our lives. And just as the desert experienced blossoming, so our lives experience spiritual flowering. For when God comes into our lives, attractive deeds or aspects of our lives develop. As St. Paul writes, the Spirit produces peace, joy, hope, love, self-control, patience, kindness, gentleness. Think of someone who has one or more of these spiritual gifts. 
Isn't that attractive? Aren't we drawn to those who are joyful, hopeful, full of love, patient, kind and gentle? And I've seen the Spirit's work in this very community of Christians manifest in hospitality, particularly towards strangers. In words of encouragement that individuals have given to one another at crucial times. In acts of generosity where the grace we have in Christ has overflowed to the physical relief of people in need. Uh, in empathy or caring, I've seen the spirits blossoming in individual lives. Oh, there are weeds to be sure. We must each till our own garden to pull out those things growing that shouldn't be there. But the blossoming in our lives, the flowering, is the spirit's work. Now, blossoming also leads to the production of fruits. And fruits have seeds, new lives. The fruits are that which give life to others. And it's our witness in word and deed when God comes into our lives that is used by God to give or confirm faith in others. For you see, when we put God first in our lives, others see and notice. That's what Jesus meant when he said, let your light so shine that others see your good works and glorify not you, but your Father in heaven. God's presence in our lives is observed by others. Make no mistake about it. And it's observed most often when we are not aware of being watched. In this way, the advent of God, the coming of Christ into our individual lives makes them bloom and bear fruit. Christ came into this world, which was made desert by sin, to make it abound in the good things of God. You and I are part of the desert, which is the world. Let Christ come into your life so that you may blossom and flourish. Amen. Amen. And that peace of God that surpasses our understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord.